you are supportive of so many. I mean, you are like the epitome of diversity and inclusion, right? You're supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. You're very supportive of those who are transgender and really creating an environment and a congregation that is so accepting of all of that. Um, people might look at that and be like, okay, how did that all happen? Like, what's your why behind all of that? Besides you're a great human being. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is how I was raised, but it's also how I understand religion. Um, you know, it. I think it's it's such a shame that religion is used to exclude and divide and to put people down. When you know what what should be a basic teaching is is that it's about love. Um, in the Jewish tradition and in many others, we recognize that every single human being is created in the image of God. And that, that God doesn't make junk, you know? And so we have to be able to value people where they're coming from and learn to love and respect them. And when we do that, that, that helps bring out the best in people. And, and for me, that's what religion should be about. It's about how we can connect to each other in a way that supports us and that lifts us up. Hey, friends. Hey, friends. It's the Ryan Leckie Show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the latest edition of The Ryan Leckie Show. Somebody I've known for a decade, 15 years, who I like to say is you're like one of the most progressive religious leaders I have met, whether it's in the state of Pennsylvania or around the country. Thank you. The one and only Rabbi Daniel Swartz in the house, who is the spiritual leader of Temple Hesed based in Scranton. How's it going? It's going great. Great to be here. First podcast? First podcast. I'm super stoked because we have a lot to unpack. I think one, the story, kind of how you got into being sort of the uh, spiritual leader for many people as a rabbi, and then also just how you have blazed so many trails. What I, I've always admired about you, and I told you this a million times because we used to work together on various community projects. You were so progressive, so accepting, and you got peeps, you got friends in all types of religions. I mean, the oh, guy yeah. recently was just with the Pope, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack that, too. But how did you become a rabbi? It was definitely not in the plans growing up. Uh, never really considered it. Uh, I was going to be in science or politics. Um, uh, I My degrees were in geology and environmental policy. Um, but as I was going through life, it was what really touched my heart. And uh, when, when I first told my dad that I was going to become a rabbi, he was like, waste of a good scientific mind. But, but he's come around. Um, it really is uh, a way for me to, to, to interact with people of all different sorts um, from a standpoint of what's, what's really your core values, what, what really means something to you. And, uh, and it's, been, it's been really wonderful. And I think I, you definitely found your calling because anytime I'm around you, if it's at a public event, people are coming up and there's just something about you where they just like, here's my life story, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess you get that as a spiritual leader. Oh, definitely did. Um, uh, even when I was starting rabbinical school and I was at like my first high school reunion and people would say, oh, and then they would like sit me down and tell me what was going on in their life. So it was a, it, it's really a privilege to, to be able to be in, in people's lives in that way. So how many years now have you been 
Rabbi Daniel Schwartz? I was ordained in 1990, so, you know, over 30 years now, and never thought it would happen, but hey, it's been great. And I've said this to you, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you and pick your brain on a number of things, especially, you know, there's still some unrest in sort of different religions, right? I know there's always a lot of buzz, you know, within the Catholic Church. Why isn't gay marriage approved, and this and that? And and we'll talk about that, because you've met the Pope, and you were at a, a big event that we're going to dive into, but being progressive, right, as a religious leader— is not something that we see for a lot of people who are leading a congregation. Like, w- why is that so important for you? And when I say progressive, I think for people who don't know you, you are supportive of so many. I mean, you are like the epitome of diversity and inclusion, right? You're supportive of the LGBTQ plus community. You're very supportive of those who are transgender and really creating an environment in a congregation that is so accepting of all of that. Um, people might look at that and be like, okay, how did that all happen? Like, what's your why behind all of that? Besides you're a great human being. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is how I was raised, but it's also how I understand religion. Um, you know, it. I think it's, it's such a shame that religion is used to exclude and divide and to put people down when, you know, what, what should be a basic teaching is, is that it's about love. Um, in the Jewish tradition and in many others, we recognize that every single human being is created in the image of God and that, that God doesn't make junk, you know? And so we have to be able to value people where they're coming from and learn to love and respect them. And when we do that, that, that helps bring out the best in people. And, and for me, that's what religion should be about. It's about how we can connect to each other in a way that supports us and that lifts us up. How long, though, was that road to pay for you to become that progressive and and so accepting and really trying to understand people who are part of different communities? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like once you got 1990 and, you know, boom, you're a rabbi and you're like, okay, let's do this. Yeah. So, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin where... Um, there was a lot of, you know, conformity and, um, and I never quite fit in. And, um, at first that was kind of like me sitting on the outside. And then I was like, well, you know, here's an opportunity to, to be with anybody and not to be part of this group or that group. And, and that really has been kind of the way I've tried to go through life is to try to, to understand that, that, that that everybody's more complicated than we think they are. They, we try to people put people into these different boxes, and, and people are much more compl- complex than that. And to really try to f- see who somebody really is and not try to label them this way or that, and to understand that, that they've got something unique about them that I can learn from. And I think what's really great, we talk about like you're constantly, I feel like, evolving and growing. And, oh, yeah. and that's really, I feel like, the telltale sign of like a true leader. And as part of that leadership, you were, I don't know, among probably not a ton of rabbis invited to the Vatican. Tell me when that was. Why were you invited and, and what did you do? I mean, here you are rolling into, you know, Catholic Central, right? Yeah. As the rabbi. Yeah, no, it was it was a, it was an amazing experience. So uh uh, January 2021, I get a letter from the Vatican, and I'm first thinking, you know, one of my friends has pulled something and has gotten Vatican stationery or something like that. But uh, <laughs> and and then I thought it was this going to be this huge meeting, but it was the the Pope brought together 40 religious leaders. There was one other rabbi there. There were imams and Buddhist leaders and Hindu leaders and Sikh leaders, um, leaders of indigenous uh, traditions, and of course, different 
Catholic and Christian and Quaker uh, leaders. Wow. And, and, and the Pope at the time, so we can clarify. Pope Francis. Got it. And, um, still alive today. Still alive today. And the Pope has been very passionate about uh, environmental issues and about how those impact the life of everybody uh, and life itself. And so this was an advance of... Uh, of the UN negotiations on climate called COP26 um, that were going to be held in in Scotland and and Italy and England were the the chairs of this and so he brought together the British government and the Italian government and all these faith traditions to say hey if we're going to get all these politicians together we got to push them a little further and who better to do that than uniting all these religions to call for us to treat our planet better to treat the poor better to understand that it's not about the environment versus people but hey we live in the environment if we treat it badly we're messing up our own home and so we met online for nine months uh and what, you're, on, you're on like a zoom with the pope a zoom with the pope you know and and <laughs> how I, do you like even tell people that like y'all i'll be right back uh, i gotta go zoom with the pope and you know and there were people literally from every time zone around the world so we would do it at noon italy time which mm-hmm. was a little early for us but it was like the middle of the night for some people in tonga and uh and and we were all there trying to learn from each other and it was a really interesting group of folks um very diverse too many men um, but, uh, but, you know, people of, of every color and religion and, and re- all these religious leaders. And I was there, you know, Rabbi Daniel from Scranton. Um, and, uh, but the reason that I think that the Pope wanted me there, um, was because these were all people who were really heads of large religions and the environment was one little piece of what they did. And for me, this is really a, a core passion of my life to talk about what faith teaches us about how we treat each other and the planet. And part of my job there was to like push the whole gang a little further along and to make sure that we were as progressive as we could be, that we were uh, as calling for the, the you know, swift action on behalf of, of the future of the planet. And did this start with the Zoom? But you actually ended up at the Vatican, we, right? You know, we were we were very fortunate that there was this one lull in uh, in COVID in October 2022. Uh, I mean, 2021, and we were able to go there. And it was it was also my 10th anniversary with Rabbi Marjorie, and so we celebrated. We went off to Tuscany first, and and went truffle hunting and ate wow. amazing yeah. Italian food. And then we we all met at the Vatican and uh, sat around a table and discussed, you know. What do we do to make the world a better place? And how many people were at the table? Was the Pope himself at the table? Pope himself was at the table. And I picture like this big, like you'd see in like the Godfather, like this big, long table. Well, it was a, it was a round table, you know, kind of like uh-huh. King Arthur and, and the whole thing. And it, and it was in this amazing room that, you know, everything, there's all this art everywhere in the Vatican and all of the walls were painted. And then like halfway through the meeting, somebody walked right out of one of the paintings there was there were secret doors and secret passages and you know i mean the vatican is this medieval it's like the da vinci code oh, right it really was yeah. it really was okay um but you know we were there talking and at one point um 
you know, the meeting was supposed to end at a certain point and all these people were supposed to talk for three minutes or less and you get a bunch of religious folks together, they're not, not going to talk for three minutes Nobody or less. sticks to time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and the, the sort of MC guy said, uh, you know, we're sorry, the Pope's going to have to leave. He's got his next meeting. And so after the next speaker, you know, we'll tell the Pope what you said. And I was, I was going to be the next speaker and I was very bummed. Um, and then this cardinal comes over to the Pope and says, oh, you know, hey, we've got to go to the next meeting. And the Pope just waves him off. Um, and the Pope had, had started that meeting by saying that we need to pay more attention to each other. And we need to not just be um, tolerating differences, but welcoming differences. I mean, it was a, this amazing talk. And you could tell he's trying to push the church and the church is being pretty resistant. Um, but this cardinal said, go to the next meeting. And the Pope said, hey, I was just talking about how we'd have to listen to each other. I'm not going to say that and then do the opposite. So you think Pope Francis, though, your vibe, the meeting that yeah. you guys had, he wants to be more progressive, but yeah. it's sort of, I don't know, the people he's got to also answer to and, and have way in that yeah. are pumping the brakes on a lot of things, including probably gay marriage in the Catholic church. Yeah, is that yeah. the vibe you get? I, I, I do. You know, I mean, he's, he's turned, it's like, you know, you, you have a big cruise ship, you can't turn it on a dime, you know, but he's trying to, to shift it. And, uh, and he really, I did get the sense that, that he's, his, he centers his faith in love and, and, and really looks at this as how can we be more loving to each other, to the planet? Um, but he can only go so far at a time because he, boy, there's pushback. Yeah. And what a trip though. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And, um, and, and like I said, you know, so there was this one imam from, from, uh, an imam tell me that it it's is, 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 is a leader in, in the, uh, in the Muslim tradition. And, and he was, a an Ayatollah, which is within, particularly within the Sunni, I mean, not the Sunni, the Shiite tradition in, in Iran. And he's the head of an Islamic university there. Um, and you know he was dressed in black the whole time, and and we all have our own stereotypes, even even if I'm trying to be progressive. And you know I talked to him a little bit, but not much. But uh, on this last meeting, I I talked about what it was like as an adoptive parent to raise uh, our daughter Alana, um, knowing that that she had educational opportunities that she would not have had if she if she hadn't made her way to our family. And um, the moment I started talking as a parent, you know, his, his face lit up and he was just, you know, you know, sort of gesturing at the table, like everybody, you know, pay attention to what's going on now. And it was this, this amazing thing. Um, uh, and, you know, my wife who was in the room also was, was like, did you see? I said, yeah, I saw. Um, and, and so I learned more about his background and, and he, um, you know, he's a grandfather, he has daughters, he has granddaughters, and he's been a big advocate for educating women and giving women a greater role in Islamic society in, in Iran. And, oh. you know, it's one thing to be progressive in Scranton where, okay, somebody might not like me, but, you know, they're not going to really interfere with my life. But, but he's putting himself on the line in a place where if he's if they think he steps over the line, doesn't matter what his title is, he's in trouble, he's in jail, he's whatever. And But he's there pushing for women, pushing against religious co uh, coercion. And and so to see that, that there are all these heroes in different parts of the world who are, who are doing their bit to try to make 
uh, religion more accepting and more loving. And that was very inspiring. And the common thread that really connected you guys, the love of your kids and your family. Yeah, exactly. I think just people. You know, and, wow. and that that is a way to, to, to help people understand. It's like, I mean, do you love your kids? You think I don't love my kids? Of course I love my kids. Yeah. So so we might have differences in, in in what we think is 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 the right path on this or that. But if we're if we're starting from that shared place of, hey, we 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 want the best for the people in our lives. And I have to assume that you want the best for people in your life. And let's try to figure out how we can do that together. Let's talk about, again, coming back to you being, you know, trying to move the conversation forward, right? Have more voices at the table and be so progressive. When you started, I guess, just welcoming, sort of making your congregation at Temple Hesed just really for people of all walks of life kind of thing. You put on a lot of community events that are free, and you don't have to be Jewish to attend. Nope. Anybody's welcome. Yeah, but I guess the thing is with people maybe from, you know, who are in the transgender community, the LGBTQ plus community, do you ever get any pushback on that as the rabbi? Like, yo, what are you doing? Um, sometimes, but basically it's like, eh, so what? Um, uh, the, are you uh, like, this is my rodeo. This is, you're right, exactly. <laughs> you know, the, um, this is, this is what we have stood for. I'm not the, you know, there've been progressive rabbis in the past at, at Temple Hesed, And I really tried to bring that tradition back and to say, Hey, you know, we have the opportunity to, to show people that religion isn't about division and hate that, that there is this opportunity for us to uh, really look into each other's souls and to say, hey, that's beautiful. And, you know, I grew up in a place where, you know, people assumed everybody believed the same thing and had the same religion. And if you didn't, you were just out there and odd and less than. And, and it helped me understand what it feels like to be excluded and to think about, hey, you know, there's this assumption many people have, oh, everybody said they were sexual. Everybody has the, the gender they were assigned at birth. And, and to understand, you know, that box doesn't fit everybody. And, and I should see somebody for who they really are and understand who they are because I know how it's felt when somebody has made an assumption that I'm something that I'm not. I know how lousy it feels for somebody to put me down for something that is really important to me and, and to, to try to have some empathy for what it's like to grow up and, and to, to, to not see yourself reflected in the world around you and, and to give, give people voices. And coming back to what you said when you mentioned exclusion, right, and people who might not necessarily agree with you, around the country, right, we have seen probably over the past couple of years a lot more, it feels like it, anti-Semitic behavior oh, yeah. from a number of groups. First off, how do you, as a rabbi, define anti-Semitic behavior? What what does that look like? So it there's, there's the range from just saying oh, somebody's Jewish, there, that's not good. That that's less than to people who are actively committing violence against against people of the Jewish uh, faith and, and heritage, and we've got all of that going on here. We've got people, you know, you saw in Pittsburgh, uh, Tree of Life, people literally being killed because they were Jewish. Um, you know, not something that I ever thought I would see on American soil, um, but it's become quite acceptable for people to to shout out their hates in this world right now and and that's one of them and it it's based on fear uh definitely it's based on people being afraid of something that they don't know people um you know trying to 
make themselves more important be, through hating and through putting other people down. Um, and that is one way to bring people together around hate. I mean, it's the wrong way to bring people together, but, um, but certainly leaders have exploited hate forever. And Jews have been a great target, you know, throughout the history of the world. It's like, oh, they're different than we are. Um, oh, they must, they must, they, they all know each other and, and they, they must have some secret society that they're trying to work on. And, and really it is, it's it just based on this, this idea of fear. Um, uh, and, and as a species, when we're afraid, we're pretty stupid. Um, you know, we don't, we don't use our best, most creative mind when we're afraid. We're, we're all in the, fight or 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 flight or um you know attack mode and and to get people to say whoa 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 tell me what you're afraid of and tell me what really matters to you and and i can tell you that i'm not there to attack you i'm not there to take away from who you are but we just need to figure out how we can both be in this place and not be killing each other um, but it starts with addressing that fear um, and, and to understand that people are afraid, at least in part because they've lost a way forward that is filled with hope and love. And so they're, they're turning to a way forward with, with fear. And, and we, if we want to really fight fear, it's not just fighting the fear directly, but it's giving someone an alternative. It's, it's showing them, hey, there's a better way to be where instead of going through life, figuring out who all your enemies are, it's like thinking about yourself and, and having an internal self-worth um, that allows you to see the self-worth of others. Do you believe, you know, coming back to what you mentioned, the incident in Pittsburgh, do you think anti Semitism is it worse now than what it was years ago? Or do you oh yeah, think it's, lovely? it's much worse, and it's and it's really in a lot of the world now. It's kind of socially acceptable to like, oh, you know, George Soros is this evil guy. Well, who just happens to be Jewish, and and the reason that he's considered evil by some people clearly is because he's a Jew and he's not quiet. You know, he's not a well-behaved Jew who just sits in the back. So how do you, I guess, combat? that anti-Semitic behavior, right? And, right. And, and in a peaceful way, and the sort of peaceful way and leading with love is how y right. you want people yeah, to Yeah, love. exactly. So, uh, you know, somebody who's, who's really mired in that hate, you can't just walk up to them and say, hey, brother, let's all love each other. Um, uh, but what you try to do is first deal with the people who are listening and to, to that hate message and say, you know, think about it. Think about the people you actually know do they behave this way? You're being told that, you know, all gays are groomers. You're being told that all Jews are plotting against society. Um, do you really think that's true? Um, and, and then with the folks who are really in the hate, to try to get them to a place where they can listen and see and meet an individual and really get to know somebody. There's a great story from, uh, from where my daughter went to school, which is uh, New College of Florida, that there was this guy there who was the godson of David Duke, you know, head of the KKK, major white supremacist, and he was being raised to be the, the new face of white supremacy. You know, he was social media savvy, he had podcasts, he had followings, um, and he was kind of going undercover to this progressive school. 
um, and somebody outed him, and uh, and and they started to shun him. Well, that's not going to help. Um, but there was this one Orthodox Jew who said, "Hey, you know, we have this tradition called." Shabbat, the Sabbath, and we're supposed to welcome people to dinner on on Friday. And uh, I want you to come to dinner. And they invited him to dinner. And they just, they didn't try to change his mind right away. They just tried to, to accept him and love him and welcome him and show him all these people that he'd been taught to hate, sitting around the table with him, talking with him. And over time, he went from being, you know, sort of seeing his central identity as being a racist to being a person. And now he, you know, goes out and he speaks against all the things, you know, he's been rejected by his family, but, but he's been accepted and loved by so many people as he gives this message of, hey, we don't have to hate. We, we can get to know each other and we can, we can learn to love each other. That's crazy. That's like an insane story. It's an amazing story. And it, and it was because somebody, answered his hate with love and acceptance until he just had to drink in enough of that that it got rid of some of the poison. Wow. <laughs> I'm like blown away by that. Yeah. I guess, where do you see, I guess, you know, where you're heading and with your congregation? Like, how do you feel you're teaching Judaism now compared to maybe when you started 30 oh, years ago? Well, I, I mean, I really have come to see my role in Scranton as being uh part of the Scranton community as a whole and not just the Jewish community. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm operating out of the Jewish community. I'm, I'm teaching, you know, and, and out of the Jewish tradition. But I think there are, you know, just like you don't have to be uh, of the Hindu faith to get something from yoga, which grew out of the Hindu faith. Um, there are things that, that I can teach that can be of benefit to anybody. Um, uh, my wife and I, a number of years ago, we're studying with a rabbi who focuses on on chant as a kind of meditative spiritual practice for you know for helping with your life. I was about uh, to get there. Tell me, yeah, your chant group you guys started really yeah. for the, anybody and everybody. Yeah, and 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 she was teaching it for everybody who who took this this series of workshops to to have you go back to your community and become a chant leader. And I was thinking, you know, hey. How many Jews are there in Scranton who are going to be also into meditation and chanting? It's not going to be enough to make a group. And I was, you know, talking this over with a friend who said, so why does it have to just be Jews? And I was like, duh. I mean, it was such a basic thought, but none of the other chant circles anywhere across the country are explicitly open and welcoming to everybody. And I was like, hey, Scranton, progressive. We'll, we'll be leaders in this, you know. And what's been the response? And the response is great. You know, so we have some Wiccans, we have some Baha'i, we have some Christians, some Muslims. And, and it's a group where we're all there because we want to support each other and learn and we want to help grow ourselves spiritually. And so we, we all learn from each other. Um, and, and we'll take a, a line from scriptures or uh, uh uh, uh, a spiritual song and, and, and we chant it and we reflect on it and we think about it. So like there's one of the chants that we do is um, uh, this line from Psalms. Just as the deer longs for water by the river bank, so does my soul long for you, O God. 
And I said, oh, so what do you think about that? And somebody says, uh, hey, wait a minute. Why, why is a deer longing for water by the riverbank? You know, if you're by the riverbank, just, just drink. Why yeah. long for yeah. water? And then somebody else says, well, because the deer's afraid. You know, maybe there's, there's a gator in the river. You know, uh, maybe somebody else is watching. Maybe he's going to slip in. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, what about us? You know, we've got all these possibilities for connection and love. And, and, and we, don't, we don't do it because we're afraid. We're afraid of the gator in the water or the panther in the tree. And it's like, hey, you know, go and drink and uh, be open to it. And so we, we learn from each other as we're doing these chants about, well, what is, that, what is that teaching us about our life and about how we are in our life and how we want to be versus how we are? And I think with that, I should point out, because you do so many other community happenings, planning a lot for the rest of 2023, stuff for 2024, could be even cooking classes for the community. Yeah. The easiest way for people to track, at least in northeastern Pennsylvania, the free community events you guys put on, how did they find that? Um, at our website, templehesed.org, um, Facebook page. I, you know, I'm lousy at social media. So sometimes things are up with plenty of time on the Facebook page. Sometimes, oh, darn, I forgot. I better put this up right now. But, but we do try to have that. We have a, a newsletter that's available on our, on our uh, webpage that, that talks about things happening in the, in the next month. Um, and they can reach out to the temple uh, call it our emails, uh, templehesed at comcast.net and uh, say, you know, what's going on? Or do you have any classes doing this? And I also take requests. You know, if somebody is really interested in learning something, um, I want to teach them. You know, that's that's sort of the basic nature of being a rabbi is that you're trying to, to, to be a, a, a teacher and a counselor and support. And, uh, and so when somebody comes up with something they want to learn about, I'm always happy to try to teach it. And I think to wrap this up, give me the knowledge bomb. You said it earlier, but basically if people are meeting you with hate, right? A lot of that is out of fear because they don't understand. Right. So you so should meet them with? With love and with hope and with a sense that there is a different future that we can step into. Um, and, and with a little courage, um, it can be a, a future of, of light and love and not of, of, of hate and division. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up. Rabbi Daniel Swartz, thank you so much from Temple Hesed, the spiritual leader at Temple Hesed in Scranton. Gosh, I sit here and I'm like, I love as well because you could just take the reins and you had so much insight on so many important topics. Well, so thank you. I'm really grateful for this opportunity and for the work that you do. Ron. Every time I talk to you, my like my mind blown. Great stuff. Thanks again. And thank you so much for checking out another edition of the Ryan Leckie Show. Be sure to subscribe to our page and I'll catch you next time.